Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape on your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Our opening scripture today is from Genesis 22. Happy Father's Day. At least there's one happy father in the house. So happy Father's Day. Everybody say happy Father's Day. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Genesis 22, I'll read from verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, emphasis on only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and, have, and offer him there as a burnt sacrifice or burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood. Hallelujah. Hmm. For the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young man, young man, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his um, son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire, the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God, where provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord hmm, called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horn. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. 
Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they arose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Happy Father's Day. What a passage for Father's Day. I thought so myself. I hesitated quite a while until I got the courage that this is what God would like me to talk about today. And of course, trust, I went searching the internet and I realized that many, many have preached from here before on the Father's Day. So that gives me more courage. Although I got my courage from knowing that God will have me speak on this today. So my first question is this. If Isaac were to be here today and his Father's Day, maybe sitting in the audience, what do you think would be the singular most prominent memory in his mind? The memory of his dad. What do you think? There are many things, but the first thing that I said, man, that Abraham has gone long before. But if you say one thing that I will remember, like that, the day he bound me and picked the knife and heaven was open. Yeah. I'm yet to start to say things something, but I was away by God's grace. Now, for you, what's the strongest memory of your father? I'm sure your father never bound you. <laughs> Just tell me what prayers. He taught me how to pray. In the morning, he rings the bell. Magam. Wow. Oh, <laughs> If you don't wake, you're on your own. Prayer. Prayer. Tell me how to pray. What a memory. The way you know it's another day. Wow. Hallelujah. God bless daddy. Yes, two more. Praise God. Memories. Memories, education, impacting my life. Wow. Sacrificing. When. He could not afford it. He took me to the best school. And um, that memory never left me. And I decided, I vow I will give my children the best education. Even when he couldn't afford it, he sacrificed everything to give me the best of education. I will never forget that. And I vowed my children will never suffer. Thank you. Happy Father's Day. Amen. Well, this is um, slightly different from what most people would say, but when the Nigerian Civil War ended, That's a good the Nigeria Biafra Civil War, the third division of the Nigerian army was the division that overran the area where we finally took refuge. And so some of the soldiers were going around looking for young ladies to rape, and things they could steal, you know, indisciplined soldiers after the war. And there was this day, they came over to our place. And they were trying to gain entry into our room. Because we all lived in a broad room. And um, my father was there at the gate. 
Incidentally, he, he was a medical doctor and he stood with his hands, stopping them from moving in. Their AK-47s, their G2s, banging. I was thinking, are these people going? They were cocking the gun. There were all kinds of threatening sounds. And he stood his ground and said, no, you will not come in here. You will not get any of my daughters. And that was really a memory that always stayed with me. What a memory. What a memory. If uh, to ask everybody to say something, we'll write books. Hallelujah. Now, not every memory is pleasant. There'll be some that what we're doing today is really, man, they're sobbing. So why are you asking such a question? Maybe that as it may, is still a memory. And why am I saying this? Because there is no memory that is so bad that God cannot erase. The love of Christ will erase any memory and put the best in return. And so I just thought I should start with that today. Maybe before I continue, I can tell you what mine was. I remember the days that my dad, in fact, that I said that, and that one just hit me. Because I told them one in the morning, but now saying that, I just remember my dad. Father. During, the, during the crisis, 67, our neighbors were from Asaba, but in the north, Ibo is Ibo. Whether you are Asaba or Nicha, it doesn't matter. Whether you are Umayya or Abo, you are Ibo. So, and it was so bad. And they had gone. I think they knew they had gone. Then one of the man's younger brother was staying in the house. It was bad. And it was obvious he would be killed. He had been hit in the eye. I was boarding and the red. And he escaped. And they had come looking for him. Uh, we had drums. Sometimes we used to keep stuff. My daddy emptied the whole drum and dropped the man in it in our house. I will never forget. He was literally staying in the drum. I'll put some stuff first, open it so that he could breathe. And they harassed and harassed. Do you have anybody? No. Then around 2 a.m. one morning, um, the military vehicle came around and they were picking a particular family. My daddy sneaked out, shaking. We were all praying. He went and said, please do me a favor. That is a son of a friend. Can you please take him away? That was how he escaped. They took him along to the airport and flew him to the east. I'm sure he later found his way back to his place. I will never forget the kind of things that my daddy did. So today we are full of memories. And uh, I want you with that to just come with me into this passage. You see, Isaac will remember that, but much more, he would remember everything that followed, and that will remain forever with him. And first of all, let me start from the beginning, the first verse. Are we all here? Um, shall we read together? Thank you. Now it came to pass after this thing that God did what? Come on, help me. God did what? So this is an advanced knowledge. This is an upfront information. This is a test. Hello. So God here was testing 
he wasn't going to have him kill his son. And so whatever we are going to be saying from here, whatever interpretation we are going to be uh, making of this is going to be underlined by the fact that we are dealing with a test. And quickly, you can say trial, but you can never say temptation. God wasn't tempting him, he was testing him. Because God will never tempt any man with evil. Come on, James. Praise the Lord. And having said that, then let me quickly add now that God hates human sacrifice. He's not given to any man to sacrifice another man. So anywhere you hear it happening, in the court it's happening, you even hear them boast, politicians, you hear them boast, I've read in the paper, where they boast that they bury Abinos alive for power. God hates human sacrifice. He punishes anyone that gets involved. The men will stop at nothing for power, for wealth, for anything. Deuteronomy 1810. Shall we read together? Quick, help me. There shall not be found anyone or 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 God hates it. God will never allow it. I think Psalm 106, verses 37 to 41, you find it there. And it makes it clear in those ordinances that you don't do that. God hates it. The only human sacrifice that you find in the Bible was the sacrifice of God's only begotten son. And God did not butcher him. It was through the hand of the law and the government of the day, he was crucified on the cross. And the only sacrifice, the once for all sacrifice, the once for all and eternal sacrifice was offered. No one can ever offer a sacrifice of human beings. Is that understood? This was a test. Now, the scripture you read earlier, 15, 21, you see God testing. You find it again in 16, testing. But much more than that, I give you an example that you all know. Job. Hello. Hallelujah. Did God test Job? Yeah. So, so, and what happened with Job in Job's case? God was the one that initiated the talk, as it were. Praise the Lord. I mean, God was the one that said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And, and Job and Satan said, come on God. Why won't he fear you? Why won't he serve you? Why won't we worship you? Good health, wealthy, protected. He said, remove the hedge. Let me hit him. Then let's see whether he will still be wish. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? God said, go ahead. Why would God say go ahead? Because he was sure of Job. Hello. He returned a second time after he had devastated everything Job had, even attacking, killing some of his children. He returned. And God said, have you considered? He said, why won't he serve you? He said, but you hit him, you've done so much harm. He said, look, let me touch him. Let me afflict him, his person. God says, you know what? Go ahead, but you cannot kill him. He said, yeah. He went. By the time the guy was badly dealt with. You know what he said? He said, God, even though you slay me, I will still trust you. 
So the devil was defeated. Now, from this, what is the reason for test that you will say? Why will God test? Because God is boasting of you. Because God is sure of you. He knows who you are and what you are capable of. God is so confident of who you are. I asked the question in the first half. I said, when, I say, when, they say, when we say we are going for an exam or a test, we are trying to prove or to ascertain the qualification or that person qualifies for this place. Not with God. God already knows. God wants to confirm it to you that this is who you are. And by so affirming you before the world that this is who you are. So God's test is not investigative. It is an affirmation. Can I prove it to you? In Genesis 18, 19, he said, but I, I know Abraham. He will order his children after him. Then in Genesis 22, he says, can you give me a bond offering? If you had asked from Abraham, rams or camels, oh my goodness, uh-uh. he probably would slaughter a thousand more plus. He said, no. I want your son, in the words of God, your only son, the one whom you loved. Wow. But remember, we are talking the test here. Now, what's the implication of this with Father's Day? Oh, did you hear God talking to a father about a son? At that time, Ishmael had left home. Yes, and Abraham had had to send Ishmael away with the mother, though he didn't like it. Let me make a statement here. Every home has its own problems. Every home. And so Isaac, Isaac, Isaac. Now, uh, Abraham, before you forget that you are created, Abraham, before you forget that you were chosen. Abraham, before you forget that if I didn't give you a child, you are going to go barren. Abraham, you didn't call me. I came to you as an idol worshiper, like your parents, like your brothers, like everyone around your time. And, and I chose you. And I said, come, there is a work for us to do. My question is this. Who initiated all this? God. And Abraham, I will... Leave, I will bless you. I will make you fruitful. I will make you a blessing. Ah, your descendants will occupy. I don't have a child. What are you talking about? I am God. He gave me a child. At the time, Abraham, when Abraham saw his distance was to him, it was dragging. He said, God, what about the Elias in my home? You know what that tells me? I don't need to give birth to a child to father a child. After Joseph didn't give birth to Jesus. But God said, No, I'm not talking of Eleazar. Eleazar is blessed, now I feel the fire. I'm talking of the one that will come through the womb of your wife, Sarah. At another time, after 17, after God had come to say, Look, walk before me and be perfect, and I'm cutting the covenant with you count the stars they'll be like the stars they'll be like the sun Abraham still said that Ishmael believed because at this time they had tried to help God and God said ah, of course Ishmael will leave 
and Ishmael will be blessed. You know, the thing is, Ishmael is your son. I will bless him. Whatever, talk, whatever concerns you is blessed. That's not the issue. But the covenant I'm talking about will be projected through Isaac, the son of Sarah. Now, it was that son. He said, give it to me. In a burnt offering. God had eliminated any other possibility with Abraham. He has zeroed Abraham's future to Isaac. He said, give me that Isaac. The question is this. What's the Isaac in your life? Is it your wife that you've made an Isaac? Is it your daughter or your son? Is it your business? Is it your power? Is it your position? Is it your wealth? What is it? God will make a demand of it. But this is where I'm going. Abraham, you didn't, you didn't think of the future. You didn't think of the blessing. It was all God's idea. You were chosen to fulfill the mandate in God's program. And so the blessings have come to you. And God wants to make sure that you are not now bypassing or rather neglecting him and running after the blessing. Is it by your power anyway? So one lesson is this. God is the possessor of all things, including you. Come on, fathers, you see where we are? See, why would I say, Pastor Tyro, I am confident today in the name of Jesus that after this service, you will see the solution you've been looking for. As a father. I'm not joking. I feel the fire again. So in other words, what we're saying is this. God is saying, what do you have that I have not given you? Can I have? Now, if this project is going to conclude and going to succeed, which, by the way, is God's idea, is God's project, is God's provision, is God's plan being implemented, even me, my position here, and the fact that I have these children are all brought in to fit into God. If this project is going to work, can you let me handle it? Enough of trying it in your power. So turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to Jesus, then you can smile the rest of your days. And we mean it, the rest of your days. You won't have to weep over your children. You won't have to lament over your home. Let the master do what he knows how to do. So, Abraham gathered the wood, called his men, took the lad, and they began to move the following morning. Three days into the journey, he lifted up his eyes and he saw the man. See, God has a style. He won't say this, but he said, 
come, go to Matthew. I'll show you the mountain there. I will show you. Keep moving. Now start moving. I will show you. God never says, start moving. This is what? No. Stop. God always wants you to start. It's always to a land that I will show you. So three days to the journey, they got there. I mean, he looked up and they saw into the journey. He said, guys, you know what? You guys will wait for us here. Or wait for me here. Uh, the lad, that is Isaac and I, we go on to the mountain to worship. And we will return. But uh-uh. when you offer a burnt offering, it's ashes. The end is He said, we will return. Father, hear me. This is the secret. Fatherhood is a covenant thing. It's got nothing to do with what your wife does or doesn't do. It's got nothing to do with how rebellious or how inconsistent or how disobedient your children are. It's a covenant thing. What do you mean by covenant? He who started this with Aisha. So what was God testing? Do you believe me that when I start with you, I will finish? Allow me. Better still, he was bringing him to... What is covenant? Covenant is when two people come together for different reasons. A lot of people get into covenant because they want to leverage on the wealth, the strength of the other person. Just like the Gibeonites and and Joshua. So you can imagine now the case of... Our own case now. God into covenant with us? That's a condescension, man. But once I know I'm in covenant with God, guess what? He has brought me to his level. Uh, That's why the Bible says that we are children of the Most High God. We are heirs to the throne of God and joint heirs with Christ. That's covenant. So what was he saying? Abraham, I'm in a covenant with you. I am God. I don't hold tight to anything. I control everything. I want you to come to that level, Abraham. And Abraham got it. But again, another thing you want to learn quickly is this. As, as a father, in your fathering, there will be times when your back will be to the, on the wall. To the right, to the left, up and down, no solution. At that time, all eyes are on you. And you're saying, God, help me. For you to say, God, help me, that means that you know you have a covenant. Anybody has ever found yourself in that position before? Your wife, your siblings, your children are waiting. And you don't have the strength to answer. I told them one of, the, one of the fondest memories of my dad. You know, we were 10. And my dad was a clerk. And my dad would say, this Kufis in the South is serious. He would discuss as much with me to say, my monthly salary is not enough to pay one of his Kufis. So I need to, you know. And I'm, okay, daddy. We had, a, we, had, we had a balcony. My daddy would sit at the table there. He won't sit on the chair. He would sit on the chair, on the table. You know. 
with his pen and calculating it. The title, says, sir, say, I'm going to write a check for overdraft. Say, God will help me to find favor. I will send you to the bank. Okay. Now, to that extent, I've been brought into the problem. I mean, and I'll be saying, God help my dad. And I'll be looking at him. Now I know how to wait for God in trouble. That time, I will run. So I will jump and run all the way two miles to the bank and I will wait. Drop the letter. And we'll come after him. I say, where is that boy from Baba? Where is he? I say, oh. They say, how is your dad? How is Baba? How is this? And I'll say, this man is good. Say, so give him this envelope. Where's your pocket? Put it in your pocket. That means that he found favor, they gave him the OD. When I'm going back home, my dad will still be on the table there. La, 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 la. You'll, you'll, see, you'll see me coming. I say, yeah, I give me an envelope. I say, praise God. We all went to school. But I said that to say this. What do you say when your back is to the wall? What do you say as a father? Is that the time you begin to curse? Is that the time you allow the root of bitterness to take over? He was wondering. I trust God. God knows. But what he's asking to do... When she saw the place, guess what he said? He said, the lad and I will go to worship and we will return. We will return. We will return. Can I, put, can I say to you now, regardless of the challenges in your life, regardless of the, of the, of the, of the attack of the devil in your fathering experience, you will return. Yeah. I say in the name of Jesus, you will return. No matter the devastation of the devil right now, you will return in the name of Jesus. You are a covenant child of God, your fatherhood is a covenant thing. We will return. That was what he said. And they started to go. As if that wasn't bad enough. He was going. Then the boy said, Daddy, said, Yes, sir. He said, I can see the wood. I can see the fire. Even the knife. But daddy, where is the lamb? Is it not burnt offering? But what daddy knew was that uh-uh. you are the one God told me. No. You know what he said? He said, God will provide for himself the lamb. What do you say when things are not going the way you expect? Like, let me repeat again. On that day, it won't be because your wife disappointed you or your children betrayed you. No, who cares? We expect there will be challenges before you are chosen to father. And by the way, fathering, is it not caretaking? Have you ever seen the father that fathers people until 100 years old? And of course, for every such delegation, there will be a day of reckoning. At this point, I just want to say something. I want to ask all the men to please stand. Whether you are 15 years old or older than Pastor Tayo, with your respect. 
Because I have a leading to do this when I was preparing. Some words were spoken out of anger. And I've heard some fathers say, my ship will fly to their children. <laughs> Maybe you want to ask God to have mercy on you now. And you want to reverse every word spoken in anger over your word, over your children, over your home, over your wife. Say, so I regret the day I married. May the death be removed from your life in Jesus' name. Uh-huh. Why don't you just take one minute to say, God, have mercy on me. I receive grace from you today. And through the blood of the everlasting covenant, I reverse every word I've spoken in anger against my son, my daughter, my wife, my word. I reverse it in Jesus' name. I decree life. I decree progress. I decree prosperity, the fear of God over these children, over this woman, in the name of Jesus. They will fulfill their destiny. The position you occupy, your position is very powerful. And so shall it be in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. So he proceeded. And then he bound the boy. No, the man. I tried to locate the age in the Bible. It was difficult. Not much was given to calculate it. But some have done a lot of research. Some say maybe 18. And some say maybe 23. The oldest is 36. Okay, fine. Maybe 18. Let's take the youngest. A man of over 100 years binding a boy of 18. He will beat nonsense. A luo. A boy of 18. Ah, and the man is over 100. But that tells you that God knew what he was doing. He said, I know Abraham. He will order his children. So the boy was bound. He didn't talk. But God told Abraham that this is the one that will continue with the covenant after you. God, you said it is your work. Abraham! God is calling somebody now. You don't, do, you don't think much of what you have. You don't think much of your children. See, they are not yours. They are here for divine assignments. They are just a vessel through whom God will bring them to their position of exploits. Abraham! Abraham! Lay off. Then he looked. He looked up second time and he saw in the ticket a ram struggling to go free. But it was yeah. In your place of assignment, you will never lack. My dad wasn't a thousand year, but he trained us all. If all that is left is just one step to sink, you will not sink. In the name of Jesus, hear me well, you will finish well. In the name of Jesus, turn it over. 
Nobody, God didn't expect that you, 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 you see them to say, you bring them up in the nurture admission of the Lord. He didn't expect you to do it without him. You should know that. So you can see that his obedience and his trust in God has been proven. God did what he has to do. Now, another thing I learned from this is, why would God always wait until it looks like it's gone? Then you appear. That's the, I feel the fire. I don't know what I'm talking to here. In fact, your kids are saying, oh, Pastor, are you saying almost? No, no, no. You are saying, you just say your own case is gone. It's not gone. Hear me! I'm not joking. I don't want to prolong the service. But can I pray with you? You're the very one. No, you're the very one that said, my own case is not almost. It is already gone. You said it to yourself. Say almost, no. Mine is already gone. No, it's not gone. How can you say it's gone? It's not gone. No, no, no. You're a covenant child of God. That's the reason. You say, what's happening? I heard. So what's he saying? My case is gone. No, it's not gone. In the name of Jesus. It's not gone. 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 How can it be gone? What do you mean? How are you that you say it's gone? What do you mean? That's a lie of the devil. I break that lie in the name of Jesus. It is not gone. No, it's not gone. And that's the lesson God wanted Abraham to learn. How can it be gone? Just at the nick of time. Remember the three Hebrew children? Even if the Lord does not intervene, we will not bow. They actually threw them in and the fire became powerless. Yeah. Ooh, I feel the fire in my shoes. I say in your fathering, you can never fail in the name of Jesus. Even where the children have gone astray, they will return in the name of Jesus. Wow. Because you will return. As if that wasn't good enough. Then God said, that you obey me. That you didn't withhold your only son. One thing again, I've not told you that. God, when God wants to test, that's what he does. He said, Moses, the people you brought out. Moses said, no way. You brought them out. They are your people. When God wants to test you, say they are yours. Yeah. When he wants to test you, say they are yours. But when you remember that he is the sustainer of your own life, you say, no, 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 we are all yours. Ah. And that's all the wisdom you need. Your children will surpass your expectations in Jesus' name. After all, the Bible says that children are the heritage of the Lord. They belong to him. Psalm 127. Say, why must you be born in the night candle? He said, come on. He gives his beloved. You will never have sleepless nights over your children in the name of Jesus. And where they have been, we reverse it in the name of Jesus. Happy Father's Day. The last one. He now said to him that you did this. <laughs> but God said, don't swear by not even the heaven or anything. But God, when he came to Abraham, when he saw the kind of absolute trust that the man had, the, God said, when there is no, God said, 
I swear by myself. Hebrews said, when God had nothing bigger to swear by, he swore by himself, said, look, in blessing, I would bless him. That's covenant. That's an oath. In multiplying, I will multiply you. Uh-uh. You only, uh-uh. you will see children. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today as descendants of Father Abraham. Have you ever risen? Have you ever thought of it? The Muslim race came from his household. Yeah. Judaism came from his household. Christianity from his household. The whole world. You will finish well. In the name of Jesus. Any child that we have brought up in the fountain of life cannot get lost. In the name of Jesus. They can't. No matter how far gone. It's a covenant matter. So relax. Don't fret over your children anymore. But don't indulge them. Say, say to their faces that you are a child of God. Your life will serve God. Your life will bless humanity. That is the covenant we have in our fathering. It says in your seed, all the nations of the earth. That's what I just said. The Muslim can argue. The Jewish, uh, the, I mean, the Judaizers can argue what we want. The Christians can. Everybody came from the household of Abraham. We give God all the glory. We give him all the honor. There is no, and one body, somebody says something, say you will never have a second chance at fatherhood. That is relative to a child, you will never have a second time. It's only once. You can be the father of ten children, but that particular child, you can't be the father twice. And that's why covenantly you cannot fail. Shall we rise? Shake hands with a man or woman beside you because some women are playing the role of fathers. They are single parents. You will not fail in the name of Jesus. Say, Happy Father's Day. Go ahead and prosper in the name of Jesus. He who began this good work in you will himself perfect it even unto the coming of the Lord in the name of Jesus. It is well with your household, well with your future in the name of Jesus. Your, your, your daughters will be respected. Your daughters will be, I mean, will be so nurtured that in their carriages, men, women will respect them. Your sons will rise up honorable in the name of Jesus. Your future is sealed in the blood of the everlasting covenant in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory be to God in the highest. I say glory be to God in the highest. Glory, you are a child of God. So automatically, your children are children of God. They are not grandchildren, no. they are children of God. Your great grandchildren are children of God. Can, you see the way it works? And let me say this quickly. I told him in first service. I said, if it was tough for my dad, our own age is tougher. The children are now, ooh. The Bible says, when the end time comes, he said, things will be interesting. Knowledge will increase. People will be rebellious, disobedient to parents. Okay kinds of things. So it's going to get tougher and tougher but there's an anchor for the soul. What's our anchor? Our own fathering is covenant. Yeah. 
It is. So my children will be better than me as a father. And as a mother. They will be. Don't worry about. See, the beautiful thing about it is that don't stop fretting like covenant child of God. In the mountain of the Lord, there shall be provision. When they get there, it will happen. In the name of Jesus. Live the rest of your life in bliss. In the name of Jesus. Just thank God for today. Thank God for your children. Thank God for your wife. Thank God for your household. Thank God for your husbands. Oh, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Maturabo setea. We worship you, we adore you. Anywhere our children may be on the face of the earth. But they will be light to the Gentiles. They will be light of their generation. In the name of Jesus. Father, we worship you. We adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Tai would require. Please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries, Off Town Planning Way, Ilukoju, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. God bless you.